It's the Two Girls and a Bottle of Wine podcast, and I'm Janet Blair. Each week, I sit down with one of my girlfriends, whether it be Amber, Teresa, Natalie, Carrie, Ashley, Tara, Stephanie. We talk about whatever. We completely restore this trailer, you know, fry people's faces off as a bad Mexican. I don't understand the competition that goes on between women. Two girls and a bottle of wine. Over a glass of wine, bottle of wine, or sometimes a couple bottles of wine. Join in on Facebook at facebook.com slash two girls and a bottle of wine. Don't miss us. <laughs> Hello, I'm Janet. And I'm Amber. And we are two, two girls and a bottle of wine. Because men like boobs. And girls like wine. Today we have a very special third guest. It's wine country resident, mom of three-year-old twins, wine and food columnist, and author of her debut novel, which Amber read and I haven't yet, <laughs> The Dating Bender, Christina Julian. Yay! How are you this Saturday afternoon? I'm good. Yeah, I am good. Just uh, there's a big heat wave going out here in Napa Valley, so it's hot, 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 hot. <laughs> now, when you say hot, that that can be a very relative term. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, here, it's like 98. Okay. Ooh, okay, that's hot. That's hot. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it gets over 100. Although you know that's a fluke thing. So, Ooh. but 90s, high 90s in August is pretty much the mainstay here. Ooh. So how do you handle that? How do you deal with that? I don't know. I mean, for one, nice Sauvignon Blanc is always good. <laughs> and uh, swimming. Swimming is the other way to handle it. <laughs> Love a good pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And we're lucky we have one kind of right right in our neighborhood. And, and yeah, when it gets when it's over 100, that's sort of the only way to roll at that point. <laughs> Definitely. Take the Sauvignon Blanc to the pool and yes. the world now is perfect. <laughs> well, exactly. excellent. Excellent. So um, this last week, you had a, a, a new book, your first book come out, right? Yes, yes. Yep. My debut, The Dating Bender. Excellent. And Amber actually um, was able to read the book. Yes, I uh, downloaded it and read it yesterday. It oh, was very wow. good. Power yeah. reading. <laughs> you betcha. Amber is my power reader. I downloaded it. <laughs> Crickets. That's a good start. That's <laughs> yes. a good start. It, all, it, it can only start there. <laughs> yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about the book first, because that's that's kind of the big focus right now yeah, of your week. Yeah. It is. It is has has been a whirlwind uh, book releasing bender, I would say. And <laughs> and the book, it's um, I I I I call it a kind of a snarky romantic comedy. Um, that's you know got a a, a hefty dose of uh, dysfunctional dark comedy. And the main character is she she is a bit of a a hot mess. She is trying really hard to kind of figure it all out and get it all together. But, but, you know, she is not doing that most of the time. And, and I, I, you know, when someone asked me about the book, I say it's about a woman who is, is unhinged and at a crossroads and she is, is looking for love, but, but she is getting really lost uh, along the way to say, to say the least. And, and she, the, the, wet, the book opens with a, a shotgun wedding um, that goes just horribly awry, um, as does the marriage is really kind of a short lived, uh, thing. She, you know, she's really kind of marrying for all the wrong reasons. Um, her family is very Catholic and very kind of oppressive 
And, uh, and she, you know, she sees it as an escape and, and it just, the marriage nosedives and, and hence the dating bender begins. And, and she kind of, she starts off in uh, Florida and then goes to Colorado and New York City. And, and then towards the end, there's a big, a big kind of showdown at the Vatican in Rome. So, and there is a lot of drinking along the way also. <laughs> cheers and cheers to Colorado. Cause that's where we're yeah, at. So. Yeah. <laughs> What part of Colorado are you? Got you're in Denver or where? I am about twenty miles south of Denver, and Amber lives about ten miles west of Denver. Yep. Okay, I used to live in Colorado Springs. Okay, actually myself. So yeah, I'm in Parker, and um, Amber is in Arvada. Okay. Yeah, I love it out there. It's a great. It's a great place to live. I do miss it. Yeah, it's gorgeous out here. It's amazing. Yeah. So I have to say, so from reading your book, so normally I'm kind of an FBI thriller kind of person, but Ah. (laughs) your person really, or your book really held my attention. I mean, I kept wanting to know what was going to happen with Samantha next. And she kept making all of these moves and she was very relatable, I think, to women, um, especially right now. And so I kind of wonder, how did you find the inspiration for that character? Well, I, you know, I enjoy reading myself, um, women about women that are flawed, that do not have it together at all times, because even though I I think myself, even though I'd love to be fabulous and on point at all times, I'm usually so far from that. And so I feel like, um, that, you know, that people can perhaps relate to that about, you know, just wanting to wanting to put your A game forward, but just not able to do it sometimes. And and I think that the inspiration uh, for the character came about, I um, I was living the single life um, in my 20s and, and kind of living the heck out of that situation. And I lived at the time I was living in New York City first stint, and I lived in Los Angeles first stint, and there's just a lot of crazy things that go down <laughs> living in those places. I'm sure there's a lot of crazy things that go down everywhere, but but I, I feel like there's so many people in those areas that people just kind of can do these crazy things and get away with it, and you'll never bump into that person ever again. <laughs> and so the book really started out as a, um, just, it wasn't even going to be a book. I just would, you know, girlfriends, we would get together after, you know, someone was going on a date or everyone was going on a date and we'd get together the next night and, and have wine and hang out and just like swap stories. And the stories were just hilarious and heartbreaking and, and everything in between. And, and so I started kind of writing them down and, and, and then I also, I, uh, I felt like that, um, you know, people that are raised in a religious environment, Samantha is um, raised in a Catholic environment and kind of all the things that go with that about the angst about sex and sex before marriage and all those kind of trappings. And, and I just felt like whether someone was relate, raised Catholic or in another faith, you know, there, there's a certain kind of baggage that goes with that upbringing that may wreak havoc on relationships. And so the, I felt like I wanted to explore a character that didn't have it all together. Um, and that also was raised in that environment and, and what it, for her, it caused a constant struggle about like what her family's vision was for her and what she wanted. And how did she reconcile that with that kind of like monkey on her back barking in her ear the whole time about, you know, sort of that influence of the church, you know, and, 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 and I feel like in all of these situations, they, you know, can be funny after the fact. And so I definitely kind of knew I wanted her to be, you know, 
she, <laughs> I wanted her to be relatable and to also be trying to figure it out, but that her uh, her path in doing so would be funny along the way because she just is messing up so royally along the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think we can all relate to that. <laughs> That's my hope. That's my yes. hope. Because I don't know if it's just me, but, but um, you know, sometimes you start out your day. I love Maria Simple is one of my favorite authors. And she writes really sort of flawed women characters but I think it's real and I, I think that um and it's it can be humorous when it's not happening to you when it's happening to you it's maybe not quite so funny at the time but I think <laughs> usually you can look back on it and see the humor and and at least entertain your friends with all the mishaps <laughs> yes. so what would you say would be your all-time biggest dating story of something crazy went down that you want to yeah. share that you want to share sure sure <laughs> I have I have so many stories that I could share but I, I do have some you know some that were just kind of really over the top um, one of my favorite sort of bad ones was <laughs> and it, it started out with such promise that I had a, a well-intended friend that you know aren't they always the ones that want to set you up with people and uh, you know it was someone's my friend's husband and he was like I have you know they had just gotten married and they you know had this great person for me and I was like all right you know I'm not totally into setups at the time but I thought what you know whatever let's let's do it he he thought he's a great guy so anyway he um he shows up and I've never met him before never talked to him and he shows up to pick me up this is I was living in Santa Monica California at the time and he shows up in a stretch limo to pick me up which you know I think if this was like someone I knew it, it could have been a dream come true for for someone but for me and living in LA it was sort of cause for pause like mm -hmm. wow then he got out of the um, limo and he had on like a, a silk kind of leopard oh. shirt and matching pants. And it just, oh yeah, it was kind of like creepy. this modern day Hugh Hefner kind of creepy. Yeah, it was very creepy. And uh, so right then, and, and had it not, had it just been a sort of a, an online thing or something that came about in another way, I, I, I would have probably tried to like have some excuse to bail out but, but it was a friend so I thought okay I'm gonna see this through I'm, I'm sure that you know where can, it can only go up from here and so as the night progressed we he was whisking me to all these kind of cool places and so we went from Santa Monica into Hollywood and and at each place that we stopped at he would disappear for a period of time sometimes 10 minutes sometimes half hour and he would reappear at the place in a completely different outfit Whoa. And, what? <laughs> yeah, he was Yeah, he each time he would come back wearing something else and he would make no reference to to the change or Did anything. You he make just reference had on a different outfit. I, I just I I, I I didn't because I just was like, what is going right. on? I, I, that's how I, I would was, react. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I kept thinking there's going to be something that's going to reveal itself at some point. I can't even imagine what it's going to be. And towards the end of the night, he showed up like one of his last look was, he was wearing like one of those kind of trucker, Aston Kutcher trucker baseball hats. Von shirt that Yeah, that made him look like a... Um, a train conductor, the shirt did. And <laughs> oh I just God. was waiting for, I was waiting for Aston to like jump out and say, I'm back and I'm doing punk and <laughs> this is, I'm here. You know, I was waiting for something like that to happen, but it never did. It's just like, this was this guy's thing. I, <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, then my friends the next day were like, hey, how'd it go? How'd it go? And I was like, how well 
well do you know this person because he this is what went down and it was a little bizarre and needless to say I did we did not fall madly in love it was you know, <laughs> I decided that setups maybe at a certain age are not a good idea <laughs> right so so yeah. Amber do you have a, a dating I do mishap that you would like to share oh I would love to hear oh yes um, so I met a gentleman at my job, which is actually um, a children's hospital. And mm. um, we decided that we were going to go out on a first date. Well, this first date, um, he took me to a strip club. We ate oh, dinner oh there. Oh, gosh. You ate dinner there? Oh, yeah. I had chicken fingers. That's creepy. He oh, had my gosh. tacos. Uh. Um, yep. Yeah, and we... Um, Watch the strippers. Um, we, I got a lap dance from one of the strippers. Oh my god! Nipple in my eye. <laughs> Nipple in my eye. It Whoa. was yep. So wow. it was a good time, you know. And did he make any reference, like why? You know, like why was that the place of choice? I mean, well, he thought it would be a funny story because my house. When I was trying to describe where I lived everybody knew where this strip club was so I was like oh I live over here so he thought that it would be a funny story so he thought it would be a good idea and I did continue to date him a little bit longer and that that first date should have been a good sign of what was to come (laughs) yeah I know it's it's I I feel like sometimes it's a sign and then it's like no maybe we'll we'll see it out but then (laughs) yeah the sign is often there yeah I felt a lot like Samantha from your book in those moments now that I look back at it yeah that's good that's good yeah told you relatable yes (laughs) relatable that's that is the hope that is the hope oh yeah definitely yeah (laughs) I feel like everybody has a Everybody has at least one, if not a whole arsenal of just crazy sort of dates or happenings or things that people have said or, you know, just oh, yeah. like you just think some of it you just can't make up because it's, just, <laughs> it's, ha- it's happening. It's real right? time. This is life. <laughs> yep. Real life. Now, fast forward. How did how did you meet your husband? I met my husband. I am. Um, I eventually. I, I left LA. I, I finally was like, okay, I've had enough, and I um and I moved to the wine country. I wanted a total after kind of. I grew up in a city, and then I did the city scene for quite a while. And I just. I had a friend that I used to work with in Los Angeles. I worked in advertising and in the entertainment industry. And she left, like got burnt out, left and moved up to Napa Valley. And I, you know, would always look for a way to get out of LA and. Um, and so I would go visit her and I was like, I really like it here. I love it. This is kind of a great place to live. And, and I, I kind of on a lark, I just decided I'm just going to go. I left my job and decided I wanted to come here and, and write about wine. And, and so I just landed here and, um, and very kind of soon into when I arrived here, I actually, I met a winemaker, pretty well-known winemaker and, um, and he, and he, I said, oh yeah, I'm looking to try to break into wine writing and, you know, and he, he grew up here, he knew everybody here. And, and, and so he invited me to work with him during harvest, which was a totally cool experience. And, and, and I started, I wrote about that and I wrote about him, he was opening a new winery and, um, and that's how I kind of got into the wine writing. And then very soon after that, I, um, there's, was this event kind of like a first Friday event where there's like, basically it's street party with music and wine and, and Ooh. kind of a local small town yeah. event, but totally fun. And I met my husband, there was a, there was a Rolling Stones cover band playing 
And we uh, we both liked the song. And, and my friend, actually, the one that moved from L.A. up to Napa Valley, was sort of like, oh, you both like the Stones. You know, she was kind of, you know, sort of brokered the conversation. And then, you know, and then we just, we started talking and, um yeah, and he turned out not to be crazy. I, I had dated a crazy person right before him, and I was like, oh, boy. I, I just really was kind of coming here to sort of retire from the whole dating scene. and But, you know, he just popped into my life. And, <laughs> and yeah, it, so, and, and it's really an unlikely place to meet someone out here because it's not, oh, this is kind of where people come and settle down and raise their family and all that. So So everybody, when I said I was moving here, they're like, I give you, like, two months tops. You're going to be totally bored. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like everything shuts down at nine o'clock. Like you're never going to meet anyone. Everyone that's there is married and you know, you're going to just hate it, hate it, hate it. And I was like, well, I don't know. I need a change. And so, yeah. And, and some people are always like, can't believe that I met someone here. And yeah. And we have three-year-old twins now that are wild yes. and crazy and on the run in the vineyard. And <laughs> yeah. So, so how- it's uh, <laughs> How do you manage twins with, yeah. I'm sure, your crazy schedule, especially this week? Yeah, it, 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 is, it is crazy. And, and some would say, I don't really know how well I do manage it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, a lot of, uh, it's a lot of juggling. Uh, it's a lot of, yeah, it's a lot of juggling because they are, they are you know, they're wild and, and they're kind of crazy right now. And everything is an adventure for them. And yeah, and it's hard to steal a moment of a... Uh, of uh, quiet time. I usually have to leave the house to, to try to write and things because it just like, it's, it's too, <laughs> it's too crazy otherwise. But, but yeah, it's, it's a juggling, it's a juggling match for sure. I mean, at the same time, I think they, because I get such fleeting moments um, to do things, fleeting windows of time that, that I just know when it's time to, I have an open window. I just power, you know, I kind of like, and then power writing mode or work mode because I know, okay, I've got a half hour to do da, 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 da. And so I just jam <laughs> or try to at least. That's impressive. And when you say that you escape, where do you escape to? Is it like a local Starbucks? Do you have a, a writing space for yourself? Yeah. No, I, I go to, there's a library down the street here that I go and I have kind of like almost in my own little cubby area there. And, and yeah, and I mean, they all know me there and, and you can bring your dog to the library. It, oh, it's that's it's nice. very, you know, kind of small town. <laughs> fun and, and yeah and, and that's where I usually go and work I, I go to there's a local coffee shop that I go to to the library you know sometimes says odd hours because it's a small town and um, it closes on random days but <laughs> so then I go to the coffee shop um, but yeah that's usually where I go and I just put my headphones in and just kind of try to tune everybody out and just start writing so what's it like writing for or ha- writing wine publicate for what wine publications? I can't talk. Sorry. I mean, do you get <laughs> free wine? Okay. Do you get free oh, wine? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you do. You do. I don't even know if I should say this, but yes, you do get a fair amount of, of wine. Like people want you in general out here. One of the other things that I find kind of surprising is that just when you go to parties out here, it's sort of what you would think would be the case, I guess. But people are always serving wine, like tons of wine, great wines, amazing wines. And it's just like, I mean, a lot of times you'll go to a party and there's no water, but like everybody <laughs> has all these amazing wines there. And you're just sometimes I'm like, it's thirsty. It's it's 100 degrees. <laughs> I love wine, but I need some water right now. And it's kind of hard to come by. 
So, um, so it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, sometimes when I first moved here, I, I was being a little cheeky and it would be like, you know, I would be out in the vineyard interviewing a winemaker instead of being in an office, you know, doing what I used to do. And it's, you know, it's just, it's a really, it, it, I love it. I mean, I love wine and I love food. Um, so it's, it's something that I, you know, am interested in, 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 in any way. And I think there's so many, I get the opportunity doing what I do to interview a lot of, you know, kind of smaller um, homespun wineries that just make amazing wine. And it, and they each have their own story about, you know, some of them grew up and there's four generations of winemakers and, you know, they grew up literally racing through the vineyards as a child. And, you know, and then there's other people that, you know, came here, you know, to start a winery. And, and so, yeah, it's just, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's a pretty cool thing to do because you just, uh, you hear their story. They're all very passionate about what they do. And I mean, sometimes you're talking to them and literally their hands are stained in grapes and they're just <laughs> like getting in the tractor to go pull grapes. And, and, you know, it, it can be a really crazy, a crazy time. And, and yeah, and you're, and you just, you taste, you taste, uh, unfortunately you have to taste a lot of wine is also <laughs> part of the tour of duty. <laughs> you have to taste a lot of wine. <laughs> Um, so yeah. And, and one of the things when I first moved out here that I noticed there's, I, there's a ponderance of like what I, I dub sort of tech geek wine speak. Like there's a lot of people that, um, that write about wine, of course, and a lot of people that are just flinging around all the wine terminology and tannins and this and mouthfeel and, and your mid palate, you know, all of these terms people throw around, which I think is, is fine. You know, that's great. It is kind of the technical terminology about tasting this, that, or the other. But I also felt like there's a whole population of people that love wine. They love to drink it. They love the taste of it. And maybe they don't want all that, you know, that is us. wine talk. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. And so when I started out writing, I actually had a blog when I started out, you know, and I, again, I didn't know anyone or anything. And I took the approach, I call it wacky wine sense. And it was, it was, I called it a lowbrow approach to wine and wine reviewing or whatever. And people actually liked that. There was like a following of people that were like, thank God, we just want to just just an everyday person's kind of opinion about the wine that doesn't have all that terminology that just talks about, I like this taste or that taste or whatever. Um, and not all that other stuff. And so that, you know, so I tried to take that, that approach that it can be fun. It doesn't have to be so serious. I mean, we're drinking wine for God's sake, you know, (laughs) it it doesn't have to be that seriousness. Um, and so that's, you know, I think that's just kind of my approach. I, I try to, I try to, um, you know, I have to balance. I write for, I'm a columnist for a business publication. I, I, I cover the business of wine. And, you know, so I'm more serious when I'm, I'm writing those pieces. But then I write other things that are just, I, I just feel like, I mean, I did a, a column about wacky wine pairings of like, you know, Cheetos go very well with this kind of wine. I love it. <laughs> and, and, and um, you know, you can eat a Twinkie and it goes with this kind of wine, you know. So I, I like to do fun kind of things like that because there are some really kind of cool pairings for just random everyday food instead of just, you know, we love cheese and wine and we love chocolate and wine and all those things are are fabulous too. But, but then, you know, I just – in my world, it's like I sit in kids' uh, – you know, take their Cheeto hands and wipe it all over the dog and the walls and whatever. So like, <laughs> what, you know, what goes good with Cheetos? What wine? And, you know, surprisingly, there's there's lots of good wines to go with all that junk food. <laughs> so what is your go-to wine? Just your everyday, 
I need a little, maybe not every single day, that might be a problem, <laughs> but like your, yeah, your go-to yeah. wine for just your chill time. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite wines um, is is Vengi Vineyards, and it's it's that person, it's that winemaker, the first person that I met out here, the first winemaker that I met out here, and I think hands down for me and the kind of wine that I like, I think he makes the best wine in Napa Valley. He just, if you, he definitely makes robust red wines, like very you know sturdy red wines, but but they're just they're just amazing. It's just like you know, I can kind of tell he. He has his own winery, but he also uh, is a consulting winemaker for several other wineries all, all up and down. And I can actually taste a wine and know, oh, boy, I want, I think Kirk must be the winemaker. And then I'll go on the website and say, yep, sure enough, he is. So it has a very kind of, you know, signature taste to it. So that's pro- that's like, you know, my favorite, my favorite wine. And it's Scout's Honor is one that he makes that's kind of was after a dog, his, you know, kind of a dog, his pal, and um, and the dog passed away. And, and he kind of made this red blend wine in, you know, kind of memory of the dog. He used to run through the vineyard with him. And, and it's just a, it's a kick-ass wine. It, it sounds amazing. It does. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's did you know? Good. Did you know that today is National Dog Day? I didn't. Yes, and I did. should know that. You're very busy. I have a, 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 a seventeen-year-old rescue dog, and I should know that. Thank you for telling me. <laughs> tell tell your dog that yes, Happy National Dog Day. I I have a teacup poodle, um, but oh. I I had a seventeen-year-old. Um, American Eskimo that we had to put down last April. And then um, Amber also had a dog that she had to say goodbye to within the last year. So we are all dog lovers here. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about your dog and how did you, how did you find your dog? It's a rescue dog. Yeah, yeah. She, she has a great story too. For one, I, I rescued her when she was like four or five years old, but they don't really know. And I was living in Santa Monica at the time. Her name is Carrie Ann and she, she can't hear anymore and she can't Aww. see, but she somehow knows I'm talking to her. Like she's your <laughs> little head up, but, um, and she's like a rat terrier beagle mix. And she was, I was there. They have this dog rescue has a uh, they set up their shop outside right across the street from the farmers market so it's kind of genius planning on their part because there's everyone's walking by and lingering or whatever and I was walking by and lingering and you know and I, I just started a new job and I was not looking for a dog at the time and Carrie Ann she has these big huge huge eyes like sad take me home eyes <laughs> that are so big That's and she me. just like she just sat there and she's super mellow. She just, uh, she just kind of sat there and stared up at me and I was like, Oh boy. And they're like, Oh, you can just take her around the block if you want. And I was like, well, I can't really, I just moved to a new apartment. I, I can't have a dog. And they're like, Oh, why don't you just go around the block with her? Oh, well, geez. of course I, <laughs> I took her home that day. She, and she's, you know, and, and when I lived, um, you were saying you work at the children's hospital when I lived in LA, um, she became a therapy dog and, we would um, we went through kind of a whole training program, and so we used to go to the children's hospital in LA, and Marianne um, would work worked on the oncology ward, the kids oncology ward, and she she there was an amazing not to go on a whole I'll, I'll make this try to make this a short story, but <laughs> she was we went to visit um, this little girl, and she was maybe seven years old, and she had just had like a heart surgery. 
And, you know, so we went in and Carrie Ann's like super mellow and she'd like sit in the beds with the dogs and just like they would pet her. And she, you know, was kind of born to be a a therapy pet. I think there was just something about her. And, and we sat there and, you know, and then when we went to leave, the, um, the mother came up to me and she was like, thank you so much. She said, you know, she's been really kind of down in the dumps. And, and when you guys were in there, the doctor said like that her heart rate even went up like Aww. you know that it just you know so anyway she she's you know, she's a great dog I, I don't I I know I need to brace for the time that she won't <laughs> be here but I just you know I just she's just one of a kind for sure yeah she sounds amazing that sounds that's what I want to do with when we get a dog eventually is be able to train them to go into the children's hospitals and different things like that to be a therapy dog yeah, it's a, it's an amazing, it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a really, it's a really neat thing to do. And, and it really does, it makes, it makes a difference. It's, I think it's, there's all kind of, you know, medical writings about how it's a very proven thing, how pet therapy really helps people's recovery and that sort of thing. Yeah. And she probably sits alongside you as you write your, as you were writing your book. She does. She <laughs> does. Yeah. Yeah, she does. She had a little blanket and she would sit right there. Aww. And uh, so she, you know, and she's been through, I mean, I, I, I tell people she predates um, my husband, my kids, <laughs> you know, she's been with me through the thicks and the thins and, yep. you know, definitely she's a girl's best friend. That's for sure. <laughs> so, so, oh, go ahead. Nope, you go ahead. No, you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So um, talking about having your dog there, I mean, kind of tell us a little bit about what your writing process is like. Yeah, my writing process, it's a little, um, it's a little haphazard, I guess I would say. I'm just one of, I, I don't have necessarily like a structured routine of like, I always sit down at this time of day and write a certain number of words. I'm just a kind of when the inspiration hits, I just go for it and just, and, and just kind of keep writing until that runs out sort of thing. Um, and I definitely am a, I mean, I overwrite everything. So I do just kind of a stream of conscious style writing when, when I'm writing fiction, at least. And I just like write it all out. And then I go back and really kind of shape it after the fact. And I just do, I do a lot of editing. I mean, on, on the dating vendor, I, I easily did like 20 different versions of it because I just start out. The book was huge. It was a tome to start with. But that's what I just, I overwrite things and then I, I shape it and, and refine it as I rewrite and edit and that sort of thing. That's just kind of my style that works for me. And even when I'm writing, when I'm writing wine articles and nonfiction pieces, I do the same thing. I just write kind of everything there is to write about the topic. And then as I'm doing that, the, the, the structure of it starts to kind of pop into my head. Like there's certain themes or, you know, kind of buckets that are related to each other. And then I start sort of putting all the puzzles together after the fact. Very nice. So do you have like a storyboard that's constantly running in your head? <laughs> I do. I keep, I have, I, I always write notes um, in my phone or my iPad. Like I always have my phone with me. So oftentimes like that's where it is. And I just kind of write when, when things happen. Like, I mean, 
a lot of times you just see people or someone says an interesting thing or whatever. So I'm always just kind of, I have a little, I have a little, uh, note <laughs> saving thing. That's like book bits, random bits, funny things, you know, and I just, I just kind of, that's sort of my dumping board. And, you know, and a lot of times I'm a horrible sleeper. And so when I wake up and I have just a random total thought or whatever, I just tap it into my phone. And, and, um, cause if I don't write it down in that instant, I, I will like five seconds later, the twins will ask for something and the whole idea is gone. So <laughs> I just know I have to be like, wait, 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 I need to write this down <laughs> or tap this in. And, and otherwise, it's definitely it goes as quick as it comes. <laughs> and oh, go ahead. <laughs> so since this didn't start out to be a book, kind of how long did it take you to gather all of this and finally put it into the book product? Well, it was it was over a series of years because I, I st- you know, it didn't start out as a book. It started out as kind of more essays. And then I had done um, a series of essays. And then I started sort of shaping it into a book, you know, that I was when I was in Los Angeles, I kind of knew, okay, it's it's getting, you know, it's 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 becoming a book of sorts. But then I came here and then I um in the middle of this I I was married and then I was pregnant and so then it, the book kind of sat for a while and then I picked it up so it spanned several years and I don't know if I had to guess how long it, it took maybe writing it was maybe one years two years but it was very kind of a interrupted process because of just various life events um but I also think sometimes I would just I do a, a large rewrite on it and then I knew like I need to just take a break from it for a couple months because I'm not going to see issues with it. So then I would pick it back up and, um, and, and retire it and pick it back up. And, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, I'm always kind of tweaking and changing things and, and reshaping things. And I'm never quite, you know, I feel like even now I read it sometimes and I'm like, Oh boy, I'd love to change this. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's a, it's a bad addiction. I, I just, you know, trying to lock yourself down is very hard if, if your brain runs like mine does. <laughs> so what tips do you have for writers out there? I think the main, my main tip is to just never give up. Like it, it sounds a little cliche, but it's it's really true. It's I mean, you have to kind of, I mean, and the other thing I would suggest is that there's so much on the biz, business of publishing and all the kind of mechanics of writing and all the odds and how they are against you and getting an agent and getting a publisher and all that. If you ever listened to any of that before you started writing, you'd never finish. And I, and I, when I did realize I was writing a book, I, I've made a very deliberate choice to be as ignorant as possible about the business side of writing a book and publishing a book. I just kind of was intrigued, but I would be like, no, 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 I'm not there yet. I need to finish the book and then I'll worry about the marketing and the book and all that sort of thing. And, and I would recommend that because the, the statistics that are out there as far as, you know, the percentage of people that write a book and that the book gets published and the percentage of people that get a publisher and all that, the statistics are horribly, horribly not in your favor. And so I recommend you just write the story that you have to tell. Like, I mean, I think most writers, you have a something in you that's just like barking to get out and you just write, 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 write. And you don't think about any of your odds against you or any of that. And, and once you've done it, you know, you just make it the best it can be you edit it, you know, a million times, you have other people, other writers and critique partners critique your work. Um, and, and just, keep, you know, keep at it and, and don't give up. Like the rejection is really is, is, 
can be very stifling and I wanted to quit so many times, but always at the time I was ready to quit, I would hear something or I would um, go to a panel or a, or a seminar or hear someone speaking that would give me kind of inspiration to keep going. Like I would hear their story about how it took them years to do this or that. And I would keep, you know, I would keep going. So I think, you get, you know, you've got to buckle in for a long ride and just don't, if you believe in your story, don't ever give up because feel like I can't remember where I heard this but don't give up before your the next great thing happens because you know you might quit and then the next thing that was going to happen for you is was right around the corner but you quit so I would just say that's a very long babbling answer of never give up <laughs> it has a great message though <laughs> you just never know what great thing is going to be around the corner right right yeah and if you quit before that happens then you're just you know you're never going to get it yeah and so I think I had read when I had finished the book, maybe, are you also in the process of writing a second book? Yeah, I've, I've started um, the very kind of skeletal bones of another book. Yes. Okay. That one sounds like it's going to be interesting, too. And that one has a man as the main character, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, it, it's about a man that um, has a runs a dating breakup service that he kind of uh, people that don't have the nerve to break up with their so-and-so can hire him to break up for them, to do the dirty work so they don't have to. And needless to say, he, that, that sort of, he's, you know, the business is flourishing, but, um, his relationships, oddly enough, when women go out with him and they find out what he does for a living, they, it, it, you know, they're not as keen on him as they thought they were. Yeah. It sounds like it's going to be a great story. And when I was kind of reading the little tidbit about it. I was like, hmm, I could have used that back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Because sometimes, you know, you just, <laughs> you know, you need to do it, but you just, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yes, definitely. And what's coming up for you in the, I know I'm sure this week has been busy, exhilarating, exhausting um, yeah, since your book just up. launched this week. <laughs> um, but what what's coming up? in the the near future for you? Yeah, in the near future, I I have a very kind of um, a Bay Area blitz. I I live, you know, I'm close to the Bay, San Francisco area. So I have several events happening um, out here, like some in the wine country, some in the San Francisco area. And one that I'm probably most, you know, I'm excited about all of them because it's exciting just to get out there and meet readers and sign books and and all of it is a big hoot. But um, one that I'm super extra excited about is in San Francisco in October, there's a huge uh, literary festival called called Lit Quake. Hmm. And there's a lit crawl that's basically, it's like a bar crawl, but Ooh. with books involved. So you go from bar to bar to bar and place to place to place. And there's readings happening and comedy and poetry and whatever all over San Francisco. It's a totally cool event. And, um, and it's actually the whole event Lit Quake runs for two weeks almost. And, um, and so I'm going to be on this panel called Catching Your First Big Break. And I'm going to be joining five other um, debut authors that are basically kind of telling our tales of, of getting published and our kind of tips from the trench and that sort of thing. Um, so that's coming up on October 8th. And I'm super excited because um, I've gone, since I moved here uh, eight years ago, I've gone to Litquake every year and they do um, two panels, one of them, the one that I'm sitting on and one of them that's like with publishers and they're kind of sharing how to get your book published or whatever. 
And every year, I, it's just worked out when I go to this panel, I, I'm kind of at a point where I felt like I wanted to give up. And I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to try to get inspired. And, and every year, it does it does inspire me. But last year, I was um, attending the panel. And there was a guy that was sitting there. And he said, I, you know, I was sitting exactly where you're sitting last year. And I was giving up. I was throwing in the towel. And, and he was like, but I didn't. And I'm here now on the other side of the table. And you know, and his whole discussion was about not giving up. And, and so I feel like very um, honored to be able to go on the panel and hopefully share a story. And if it hits one person like this guy's uh, discussion hit me, that to give someone the hope to just like keep on going. And um, so that's I'm super excited about that. Yeah, it sounds like amazing, an amazing opportunity to get yourself out there and kind of talk about your book, but also get people ready for the next one and keep your following going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I you know, I think it's fun because writing is so solitary. I mean, and then I have twins that, you know, I'm in that that world all the time also. Uh the toddler the toddlerhood set. <laughs> and so I think it's great just to go out and and you know, meet people and talk to people and and you know, I mean, the book was definitely a labor of love and 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 um, it was fun to write, and it, hopefully people see the humor in it, enjoy that. And so just just to kind of take the show on the road and, and meet people and chat about it. And, you know, I hope that people, I, I mean, one of my big ideas, I, I need to, like, figure out how to execute it. But instead of just kind of the typical book signing kind of things people do, I want to make it more like a girls' night out um, mm-hmm. book signing party and do them all over where it's like girls get together, you have wine, you rap about the book, you swap dating stories, you, you know, whatever, and that it's kind of a celebration of of womanhood and you know everything that goes with it (laughs) oh yeah that sounds like an amazing time so yeah if I get that going I'm gonna let you girls know oh definitely I'm gonna hit Colorado for sure (laughs) oh we'll be in we will (laughs) and so I know you have your website your christinajulian.com but are you Mm -hmm. active on social media other than that I am. Yeah, I'm on. Um, I'm on Facebook. I have a, um, an author. It's Christina Julian author is my um, fan page on Facebook. And then I am on Twitter. I, I took up Twitter earlier this year. Um, I used to kind of mock Twitter a little bit, but I've actually <laughs> I'm now somewhat addicted to Twitter. But so I'm on Twitter also at uh, Christian, like C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N underscore Julian, my last name, J-U-L-I-A-N. And I'm, yeah, and I'm, I'm on, I'm on Twitter. Um, and I love to just, you know, I mean, I tweet a lot about writing things and I also treat, I, 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 I'm a little, um, I'm a little sarcastic. So I, I think a lot of things I tweet about are just like random, you know, like, why do you go to the grocery store and nobody bags your groceries anymore they look at you and say like you know I'll sit there and I've got like I'm juggling the kids and I'm doing this or whatever and they're kind of looking at me waiting for me to pack the groceries and I'm like (laughs) or the bag boy is like standing there talking to me about everything and I'm like are you gonna start bagging my bags or what you know so I'll tweet about random things like that too because (laughs) that was my first job I was a grocery bagger (laughs) <laughs> and did you and did you bag people's yes. bags? I bet yes. you did. <laughs> yeah, it was ninety eight, so it's been a while. But yes, um, yeah, I did. Yeah. And every once in a while, I get a dollar tip, and I love it. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's very good. Yeah. And so, is Twitter how you found two girls and a bottle of wine, or how did you find I- us? I'm trying to think if that is how I found you guys. I, I'm sure it is either that or Facebook because that's kind of how I discover everything. Really. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I still haven't read the book, but I'm going to. What wine do you suggest that I sit down and drink while I read your book? I would – I'm going to like 
break it down to a varietal just because Ooh, there's so like many that. ones. Yes. But, but, but I would say, um, I would say that a, a Zinfandel, it would be the ideal wine to drink, um, with the book because a Zinfandel is kind of a surprise. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's can be very different. The style of the wine can be very different. Um, and I think that it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of kind of a surprise with every sip. It tastes a little bit, it can taste a little bit different. And I would say probably like halfway through the book, you could probably even get a boxed wine. <laughs> I think that yes, would go yes. really well There's, with yeah, the book. Exactly. There is a great kind of showdown. And, and there is kind of taste in wines refine over time. There's like Mad Dog at the beginning and yes. wine. And, and then her taste kind of improve as her taste in men sort of uh, refine too. Yeah. The box wine part probably was like my favorite part of the whole book. Oh, good. Good, good. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I loved it. It was great. <laughs> I'm glad. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. It was such a good book to read. And I... I'm so glad that I actually branched out a little bit from my normal routine. Yeah, and read I appreciate it. you taking a taking a chance on a different genre. <laughs> yeah, when I got home after work, I because I had started reading your book in the morning, and then um, I I hadn't finished it. And when I got home, I actually didn't. I normally come home and I sit down and I grab my phone and I go on Facebook or Instagram. I didn't even touch my phone. I immediately went back to wow. my book because I needed to know what was going to happen with Samantha. Oh, good, good. I'm <laughs> glad. I'd love to hear this. I was texting her and she's like, I'm finishing it now. And yeah. like, I text her again. <laughs> I'd love to hear this. <laughs> it was I great. It, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. You found us once, but can you find us again? Make sure and check out our website at twogirlsandabottleofwine.com. You can listen to us on Podbean, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher. All of our links can be found on Tumblr and Blogspot. Thanks, and we'll see you again soon.